Welcome to the Center for Diversity Leadership, where we are supporting school leaders together across the nation as they create school cultures that ensure all students are seen, valued, celebrated, and heard. I'm Xavier Reed. And I'm Dr. Ryan Daniel. And we are your fellows in this work. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about and focusing on how school leaders can build connections with their entire school community. Building community and school engagement is essential for creating a positive and collaborative educational environment. Culture responsive family school and community engagement is an approach that recognizes and values the diverse cultural backgrounds and perspectives of students, families, and communities. It seeks to foster meaningful and inclusive partnerships among these stakeholders and in the educational process, this engagement is essential for holistic development, success, and well-being of students. I would say, for me as a leader uh, personally, this is this is this is where my focus and my love really is is being able to connect, um, build that connection home, um, and build that connection throughout the whole community. Community in itself, that that word for me means a whole lot. That's something that I talk about on a daily basis here in our building is community. How can we build community? Where is our community at right now? Um, does it reflect what we want to see happen in our community? It's all it, it's all connected. And I know that, you know, for me now, I even see this conversation a little bit different now as a parent with kids in the K-12 system. You know, I want you know, for my own children's experience, I want to be connected to their school as well. And so I look at it from that lens, um, you know, um, it additionally. So Ryan, how do you see community? How do you see this topic um, from your perspective? You know, so what's very unique about me is not only am I the principal of my school, but I'm also a parent. Um, so I have both of my daughters. Um, they attend my school. And I will say that that has been a game changer to my leadership uh, skills and even just outlook because I constantly put myself in the parent role. And, you know, I know that there are school leaders that are not parents and, not, I don't, and I'm not alluding to the fact that you're a greater, a better leader because you're a parent, but it gives you just a different lens and a perspective. And, you know, I, for me, um, I make sure that at our school, that parents are not spectators, that they are not just watching what their child is doing, but they're really experiencing it with them. They're having those lived experiences. And I use a quote all the time with my staff and my um, community is that everyone that is affected by the work must affect the work. And so, you know, I have really in my my this is year eight now for me as a school leader and this is my second school it has been really important for me to shift from parents being involved to being engaged um like I really want them to not just show up but like really be a part of whatever the experience is so you know one example and that has been a real game changer is how we start the school year um I open house Open house is so boring. I'm sorry. I don't care what grades you are in. And I'm elementary. No pre-K student wants to sit and listen to a presentation but from their new teacher. That is not engaging for them. Um, so mm -hmm. I shifted the way that 
we do open house um, for the beginning of the school year. And we do a popsicle play date. And um, we go out on the playground, our pre-K pre kindergarten students and families, they meet at the playground, the teachers are there, they have a packet that they give to the parents, but it's really about creating this first learning experience for our youngest students and giving them an opportunity to start the school year by building relationships in a safe place, the playground, um, at the park, you know, with the parents. And that has been welcomed a lot. And then we do not do um, a school-wide open house. We have a back-to-school block party. And that is when teachers, um, students get to find out whose class they're in. They meet their teachers. We give out um, giveaways and book bags and school supplies. And it's just a party um, because I think that for us, that really builds community. It sets the tone of what this school year is going to be. It takes the um, the formality of open house, the nervousness parents and, and students have of starting a, school, a new school year. And um, it allows us to start kind of coming together as a family. And those small moments just become big moments later on. And um, for me as a school leader, when I do my like goals each month, I always put one community event as a goal. Um, and I really charge myself to find some way for us to engage the community or families that month. Uh, and um, I try to tell her around the holidays or depending on what's going on. Um, but I don't know, what is, when you think about like all of the events that you've done in your leadership, what's like one of your most memorable community or family like engagement activity you've done? Yeah. I mean, before I get to that though, I, I feel like not even my kids, I want to come to your school and I want to be, I want to be at the popsicle on the playground, eating the popsicles, getting to know my teachers. Like that sounds, that sounds amazing. But um yeah, we've done we've done a lot of uh, different um, you know events. I think you know with the school calendar, you can kind of get locked into just uh, like you said, open house can be very much you know a boring event. Um, and I think you know when I think about some of the things you were just saying, like first impressions, like that's our opportunity to have a first impression with our incoming sixth graders. We have new students who are seventh and eighth graders. And so, um, or even just, you know, after having a summer break and not seeing kids for a little bit, it's our first time that we get to see them for who they are this school year. And so just being able to to um, capitalize on that is important. And um, I really liked what you said about that. Um, the You know, one of the school events that really um, will always be special to me and always like be memorable is uh, we had something called an Izzy. Um, this was a school event. Um, it's called an Izzy. It stands for social um, intentional social interaction. And so um, there is a group out here in Minnesota called Marnita's Table that um, helps to train organizations and schools and communities and churches and um, a lot of different areas of how to have these events. And really, it's about everything about the event is very intentional from who you invite to the food that you have at the event. Food is very much an important piece of it. When you think about, you know, for many families, um, you know, the best conversations usually happen around the dinner table um, or around some type of food. Um, in many diverse communities, food is a big deal. Thanksgiving dinner is a big deal. Sunday dinner is a big deal. Um, if you're getting together over the holidays, Easter, 
you know, those were all like big events that happened. And so um, Marnita was able to capture that energy and put it into event planning. And so when we talk about like people feeling connected, belonging, inclusion, sometimes when you go to different events, depending on what your diet is, if you are gluten-free and they don't have any gluten-free items, you don't feel connected or like you belong in the space. Um, if you are someone who is vegetarian and they're having steak, like that's not going to work for you. And so that's why food was so much important. Um, and then like who you're inviting, um, we know, uh, what students and what families we, we need to connect with. We know where, you know, um, our performances, um, are academically, but what are we doing about that? We can't just send an invite out and just think that people are just going to show up. So we were very intentional about it. This is a part of the process was sending out a paper invite, sending out emails, sending out text messages. And then the most important thing was picking up the phone and making personal phone calls to, you know, two to 300 people and just doing that together as an office. And when we did this event, we um, centered, it, centered it around the school itself and having everybody that's a part of that community see themselves as being a part of the school community. And the people who we invited was students, um, parents and guardians. We invited uh, business owners who may not have any students in our building, but we know that the bike shop down the street is where you know kids get their bikes fixed at. We know that the restaurant around the corner is where kids hang out, the movie theater. We invited everybody. We invited the car wash, the, the owners of the car wash. We invited everybody in because we want them to see themselves as you're helping raise our kids. It's kind of that that whole theme of, you know, being raised in, you know, a village. It takes a village to to raise a child. And so we wanted everyone to see themselves as that. And then I think the special part for me uh, was that this is a this is a student led event. So we have our students, um, our student leaders who were greeters for all the families and everybody that was walking in. They walked everybody from the door to their seat. Um, you were the you were encouraged to sit by somebody you didn't know, and the goal was for you to meet two to three people that you had not met before and um, exchange information so that you could do some community work in the future, whether that was volunteering at the school, doing something some other way. And it was just a very, very positive, um, very, very positive, you know, experience. And um, many of the students, um, you know, are now grown and they're in college and, you know, have started their own families. And so it's just something I look back on. And I think, you know, we definitely, you know, every day doesn't always feel like you move the dial, but th that day we definitely did for sure. I love that you said that because oftentimes as school leaders, we get into that place of like, what went well today? Like, what, like, are we making strides? Are we doing the things? And I, I, I've stated it before, but I think as school leaders, because systemically and nationwide, you know, there's such a focus on like, they should be learning, like, who cares if they can like work together, like, you need to be teaching, you need to be like teaching and learning is the priority. And it is, it is the priority. But um, I think we often forget how much or how big the role parents in the community plays into um, student achievement. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate that we have, um, as NAESP, we have a partnership with um, MAEC, 
which is the Center for um, Ed Education Equity. And one of the resources that they provided was this dual capacity building framework um, for school leaders and educators around how do we build this, um, the family school partnership. And it really highlights and connects research to theory, um, you know, research to practice and getting them to understand or school leaders to understand that this framework is around relationships first, like relationships help build trust. And then once trust is built, then we're able to really attack some of those other needs of our students. So I love how the dual um, capacity building framework, it uses two things, is this um, process conditions and uh, connects them to the essential co conditions. So for the process conditions, thinking about mutual trust, learning development, and a focus on assets and not deficits and really looking at some of those culturally responsive practices. So a lot of what you shared about, you know, your event, really being able to bring everyone to the table, um, creating that mutual trust. I think about, I've now had the opportunity to serve at two different schools. And it was really important for me to come in to my current school and understand, like having to build trust with everyone, getting them to, um, getting my staff to understand um, that I am I am supportive of their values and supportive of their voice and areas that they um, may not have felt supporting them before with the current the previous leadership that how I'm going to change it as like the current leadership but then also connecting um, the process uh, conditions to the essential conditions um, of families and making sure that families and educators um, that we build capacity for one another around our capabilities, our connections, um, our confidence is really big, right? I think about our parents and, you know, I serve, there's this new thing, busy parenting, right? I have a lot of busy parents and mm -hmm. it's not that they are, they don't want to be active. They are busy. Like they are single family households, you know, they single income households, excuse me. They have they're working at nighttime. So they're doing the best that they can. They can. They have we have grandparents raising children. Um so this busy parenting, we've we've as a community have tried to see how we can support our our families that um are in this stage of busy parenting and may not have the time to do the homework or have the time to learn how to do it. So like what supports can we provide them? So we, um, you know, we're, we've utilized different um, opportunities in the morning time, the coffee with the principal. Um, you know, one there was one coffee with the principal that all we did was made flashcards of sight words, addition facts, multiplication facts, and things that they can do at home. Um, I We get, you know, utilizing things, Thankfully, we have virtual platforms now where parents have an opportunity to be like a part of it. Um, but, you know, really kind of providing parents with support and building their own self-efficacy, because a lot of times and I've learned, especially with a predominantly um, a, a predominantly African-American population, but a very growing Hispanic population of parents and the self-efficacy, um, especially for those those parents that um that are that are not bilingual, English is not their first language, their confidence in 
in being able to support their students is very low. And so how do we as a school community, as a school leader, really support parents around that? So, you know, one resource and uh, we're, we're hoping our listeners utilize some of these resources, but save and pin the dual capacity building framework because it really connects um, and emphasizes the importance of um, not saying families, you know, as spectators, but really vital, vital parts of the um, school and ultimately their child's education. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate you sharing that with um, our listeners. That's that's really it's something that really sticks to me. This the busy parenting. I I'm a busy parent <laughs> right now. Is the way the way that you described that. I'm definitely I fit into the busy parent for sure. Um, I also, it made me reflect on, you know, something I think is important for us as leaders to never, you know, um, go into is, you know, thinking that because a parent's not showing up for conferences or for a scheduled meeting, or, um, they haven't picked up the phone to not assume it's because they don't want to. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of factors that go into, um, being a parent and there's a lot of factors just that goes into just being an adult and a human and it's important that we as leaders build that empathy for our families even though um, sometimes you know it can be stressful it can be frustrating it can be but you also we don't know what's going on and so um, and I also don't know all the times if at, at schools we are doing the best that we can do at communicating um, when something is going on because I know something that we're focusing on right now in our school district is how can we translate documents and information um, to all of the languages that represent, that our students represent um, in our building and trying to be better in that way. And so um, I think it's an important piece to know it's on us to adjust to the students and families that we have. It's not on our students and families to adjust to how we do things. Oh, I like that. That's like a mic drop moment and you know like making sure I think oftentimes um as we wrap up I think one change that I've made and I hope this is a support to our listeners um when I think of like community engagement and parents and you know how do we get them to feel connected in the school I change the way that we do our special education meetings like our IEP meetings and annual reviews I changed that and um and this has been a game changer so we don't come with our laptops you can't come to your with your laptop to the meeting right because the parent is there and the parent doesn't have a laptop everybody else around them have laptops um and that's intimidating to a parent who is already coming in on the defense because we're telling them what their child cannot do or where their child is having challenges. Um, And so that is one change we made. Everybody, you got to come with a a notebook and we have a notebook provided for the parent too, so that if they want to take any notes, if there's something that they need to remember, that they have that as well. Um, The same thing when when it's virtual, you know, we, we, we don't share the screen. Like we don't share the screen. We try to make it as it's, it's, it's a conversation because we get to scrolling really fast and we're highlighting and we're typing in things. And if I'm a parent I, 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 and I'm virtual, you've lost me. Um, and so, and you know, the, the, the last thing is we start the meeting off with um, the things that we have seen as um, glows 
the things that we love about the student, um, some growth that we've seen, we start with celebrations and we ask the parents to celebrate too. Like we know we're going to talk about the concerns. We're no go we're going to talk about some of the areas of challenges, but let's celebrate some of the growth the child has first. And that has really been a game changer of how our meetings um, go. And I think that parents um, really feel like they're a part of the conversation at the table. So as we wrap up, Xavier, like what's like your tidbit, your last thing you would like give to our listeners when it comes to, you know, building that relationship with parents in the school community? I would say, um, you know, make an effort, uh, make an effort to provide space, listen. Um, you know, I, I, I sometimes I feel like, you know, when we're talking at families, it, it's, uh, it can be overwhelming. And so they have a lot to share with us. They know their child best. It's their child. And so we got to, we got to, we got to use our ears. What about you, Ryan? I, I think I would say the same. Like I, I, I love that piece that you shared of um, they know their child best. Um, but I think also just being very intentional, um, knowing your school community, um, your community outside of the walls of your school, knowing what's happening, but get out into the community as well. Like let your family see you in different places, show up to the games, show up to the, the events at the local church, the local community center because there is a sense of um, a buy-in, right? When they see you outside of the community. Um, and, and I think they, they believe in your leadership, you know, um, mission and vision a little bit more when they see you step outside um, of, the, of the school walls. Well, thank you for joining us for another uh, podcast today. We um, we appreciate you as listeners and we hope to connect with you soon. And I hope that all is well. We'll see you when we when we see you next. Bye.